Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is a podcast from Minute Media. As we recorded today's DeWindy City Bulls podcast, the Bulls on an eight-game winning streak with Washington coming to the United Center tonight. Io DeSumo honored at Illinois. The Bears with their final game of the year, Justin Fields, into the COVID protocol. And I am starting this January 7th, first week of the New Year pod in a new way. I've got a poem for you that just came into my email by John Rodel, R-O-E-D-E-L. I think I'm pronouncing that the right name. Titled, as we lift it up in 2022, Crying Means You Made It. I am pro-emotion here on the Windy City Podcast. So here we go. First time ever reading a poem on DeWindy. Here we go for you. And just maybe close the eyes if you can. Take a deep breath here and listen to Karm reading you a poem. Here we go. Three, two, one. If you can cry, it means you can still breathe. And if you can still breathe, it means you're still alive. And if you're still alive it means you still have some work to do. So go ahead and cry for a bit. Each tear is proof of your survival. Each jagged breath you take is evidence of your courage. You may be wounded, you may be discounted, but you're still here, and someday simply still being here, despite what the world has done to you, is a miracle. You are a miracle. Hear that again. You are a miracle. You are a miracle. My love, my DeWindy City listener, you, that's right, you, are a miracle. So don't hide your streaking tears. They are badges of salty valor. And they tell the story of how you kept going despite the raging storm. We need you. So go ahead, cry, breathe, survive, get back to work, be the Miracle. That's a poem by John Rodel titled, titled, Crying Means You Made It. I know that we are all going through our battles out there, right? COVID going on forever. The regular life challenges that would be there without COVID. A lot of stuff going on out there that we deal with every day. Work, home, family challenges. So I appreciate you taking a little time in your day to relax and listen to DeWindy and maybe take your mind off of things. But just want to know that, uh, hey, we're all in this damn thing together. And uh, I appreciate you and appreciate the battles that uh, so many people that I know personally are in. And uh, 
the courage to keep going is 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 big time. Big, big time. So you're all a miracle, by the way, for listening to this pod. I appreciate you. And I read that poem today. And who was it? Jim Velvano, right? A great day is uh, laugh, cry, something else, something else. Get Get all the emotions out, baby. And by the way, the Bulls are having all the emotions. There's a transition for you. Bulls, best team in the Eastern Conference. Can you believe that? Seriously, best team in the Eastern Conference? Pull up ESPN.com, and I know it's early and standings are standings and playoffs are all that matters, but unbelievable. 25-10, and 10, a game and a half up on the Brooklyn Nets. Best record in the East, the Chicago Bulls. So teams with a better record than the Bulls in basketball, Utah, Golden State, and Phoenix. Sometimes you got to let that settle in. Let it settle in. And, yes, the Bulls' point differential is 3.7. So are they dominating teams? No. Are they sneaking by in games? Yes. Are they as good as their record? No. But are they really fun as DeMar DeRozan, DeMar DeJordan? Eh, I think the answer is yes. All right, we got an interesting pod on where DeMar falls in Bulls slash Chicago hierarchy. I have a little bit of a bone to uh, pick with the whole I.O. DeRozan, everybody screaming about how great it is in the Bulls chemistry. Um, Don't take it overly seriously, but I think it is kind of fun. And uh, yeah, what about that trade deadline? What are the Bulls going to do? What makes sense? What are they saying that you can kind of read between the lines? It's all straight ahead. But first, a reminder, the Players' Tribune has launched its first ever mental health podcast. It's called The Blindsided. It's hosted by NHL goalie Corey Hirsch and psychiatrist Dr. Diane McIntosh. show will share the moments for a variety of athletes when everything changed uh, for them and their mental health became the most important focus of their lives. So uh, you've got Kevin Love, you've got Kurt Warner, you can get a lot from listening to The Blind Sided. Check it out uh, on the podcast, Fan Sided Network. And uh, yeah, The Blind Sided dives deeper. It gets clinical. It allows listeners to leave and under, you get an understanding of the different varieties of mental health challenges that people face. And uh, hey, we had a poem on this pod today. Without further ado, we are there now. The Windy City Podcast starts right now. Showtime. So last week, Coach forgot that we were doing a Bulls pod, and, and this week, <laughs> Beto didn't forget, but he's doing work and will be here any moment. Uh, but Coach and I, we were just talking, and, and uh, you missed an opportunity uh, to honor uh, Jeff Dickerson, and apparently uh, Parker is in your program, right, Coach? Tell, tell, uh, for people who don't know about the Coach A, why they call you Coach A program, and uh, – I'd love to hear a little story on Parker and the Dickerson family as we start off the Bulls pod. You know, Parker has played, um, you know, in my Play Hard Hoops program since he was, I think, third grade. And in a very short time, obviously got to know Jeff. Jeff was everything that you've heard about Jeff. I think the, the best thing I can say is someone who wasn't friends with him socially or worked with him, everything all the people have been saying on the radio, the people that have worked with him, there's not any of that. That's not true. I mean, he just really was one of the most positive, incredible people I've ever met. And, you know, I got really to know him through his son, who's created a lot of um, talk for 
people like yourself and on the talk radio and every everywhere, Parker, um, Parker Dickerson and Parker is a very fun kid. You know, he is a very fun kid and he played in the play Arduce program the last two years, right? This year, he's now playing for the Vernon Hills feeder program because that's where they live. And, uh, you know, the one thing I'll, I'll tell everybody about Parker is that that is one of the toughest, you know, young kids you're, you're going to meet. And it's, it's been a pleasure getting to know Parker over the last couple of years. And I really look forward to continuing uh, to see him uh, grow, whether it's in basketball, he's an excellent baseball player. The kid's going to be a stud football player. Um, and, you know, I think to honor JD, I think everybody is taking Parker, Parker under his wing in some way. And, and I'm, feel very fortunate that I'll be there hopefully to, to be there for Parker as a, as a basketball coach. Uh, he may not play for my program right now, but I'm sure he'll do summer camps and, and other programs down the road with us. Beautifully said coach. Let's uh Beto is here off of his work duty. Thank God. The dog. Yeah. How are you, buddy? Good. I caught the the tail end of it. And I, it sounds like, uh, you know, Parker's going to be in your hands coach. And that's, that's fantastic. So I, uh, I'm a big, uh, I'm a big, uh, love JD. Wonderful guy. Um, I actually interned for him. So, um, back in the, back in the day and got to know him a little bit after that. And I know everyone says this when somebody passes like, Oh, they're a wonderful person, but like legit dude was awesome. That's, so. that's, that's what I said. I said, you know, I didn't know him socially or work with him. Yeah. I obviously got to know him more through his kid, but everything everybody has said about this guy is a hundred percent spot on there. There mm -hmm. really just is not a better guy. And, and he gave me an opportunity. I did a game on ESPN plus uh, for the Northern Illinois, the, the last game before COVID it was the last regular season game. It was ball state versus Northern Illinois and JD was contacted about doing the game they they lost their regular guy that generally would do play by or uh, color commentary and jd recommended me and so with no experience outside of doing one or two high school games i was on espn plus and all because of jd and, th and that is in essence what everybody has been talking about this yeah. guy it sounded like helped start a lot of people's careers well yeah. and you would have been you know on a dick vital level had you not been paired with Joe Brand in that game, but unfortunately you were, <laughs> you were paired with Brand. I love it. But you, well, I love with, Brand. And, yeah, I love Brand too. But Brand, you know, he's just he took you down, Coach. I mean, I, obviously, I'm kidding. Well, 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 I'll give Brand credit for one thing. So I think it was early on, and we're at a commercial, whatever. And he says to me, he says, you know, when I'm talking to you, you kind of have to look at me. You know, at least look <laughs> in the camera or look at me. I'm like looking down. I'm looking in the stands while he's while he's talking. To <laughs> you know, I had no idea. I'm like, I appreciate that. <laughs> That's really funny. Good dude. Oh, I can oh. put a, I'll put a bowl spin on this one. If you want to, is that I told you I was an intern back on the night show in ESPN 1000. Guess who was the other intern? Oh, it was Adam Amin. Adam Amin. Adam and I were, we're interns for, for baseball tonight, Carmen and, and JD, Bruce Levine, Jay hood as well. So it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. And JD was, uh, JD was fantastic. I mean, congratulations, seriously. Bulls play-by-play, -play, NFL, 
does he do national NBA games too for ESPN? Like the dude's literally everywhere. I mean, if there's a game, it means calling it. But here, or no, there's a one, there's a fifty, there's a fifty percent chance because right, okay. there's also a fifty percent chance that Benetti's calling it. Right. Well, <laughs> so. it's, right. They just, they just alternate the two. <laughs> Benetti and Amin are the only people that can call games. Um, all right, I I want to get into the eight wins in a row Bulls team because that's why everybody is here, or that's why I'm here. Um, so. I, I want to read a little excerpt from Casey Johnson's last piece at NBC Sports Chicago. Did you guys, have you guys read this one? I'm hoping you haven't for the record. Um, I might have. I don't know what it is yet, though. Okay. This piece is titled Bulls Acing Chemistry Class as Trade Deadline Nears. And so last year at the deadline, you know, they added Tice. And I thought this was a very interesting comment from Billy Donovan who apparently meets with our tourists all the time, which I think is obviously the right way to go about business, but perhaps doesn't happen across the league the way the Bulls are doing it. They talk all the time. Trade comes up. They're including the coach in the conversation, which makes a whole lot of sense. Maybe this is how it goes on. but no, it I'm guessing not with Pax and Tibbs. Exactly. <laughs> it, that's not how it went on with the Bulls in the past. Or they so, didn't listen to Tibbs, at least. Let's right, put it that way. Right, right. So this is what he says. But I think what ended up happening, quote, is was we ended up going from a team that was maybe playing with one center because we played Thad to a team with two centers trying to play Vooch and Daniel together. And so you're playing Vooch and Thad together. And then you're trying to slide Lowry who stinks down to uh, the three <laughs> because he's really a good player. So just a little bit of a different dynamic. You learn different things. I appreciated it. So he's underlining that he was trying to put guys in different roles. And when you think about adding on to a team and seeing what this Bulls team is capable of this year, what do you think that means as to how they're looking at who, what type of piece they would add if they were going to trade Patrick Williams, Kobe White, whoever? It seems to me that Donovan has a direction here when I'm reading it. Am I, am I going too far in your mind, or does that make sense? No, I agree with you, Mark. I think that they, they will be careful about exactly what they're adding because I think they – have gotten comfortable with the types of pieces you have. Obviously Caruso was kind of replaced from a defensive standpoint with Javante green and IO right um, inside you replace Vucevic with a guy like Derek Jones. And um, I think the, the kid, I think they like the kid uh, who just got hurt. Okay, I can't believe Karen Cook. Talk, they like the yeah. kid that kind of got hurt. Well. Bradley really, Bradley really struggled, right? So I think that they're, I think, you know, what they're going to want to do is they're not going to want to have to change their chemistry much as to what they're doing. Like a Thaddeus Young, just builds depth on a Derek Jones. Similar players. Thaddeus is a little better as far as passing and being a guy you can hit on the pick and roll, while Derek Jones is more of an athletic finisher while that is more of a creative finisher but similar so i think that they they like something like that because they're just building depth on something that they already use rather than saying let's put a whole new piece to the team and change i think that's what billy is talking about a little bit we add tice or all of a sudden we're two centers rather than one center out there on the court and i think that they kind of like the mix they have that they're either going to be building on their depth or you know 
looking for just another player similar to what they got. So you're saying that they would look for a redundant piece, like if Harrison Barnes' name is out there, and so he looks similar at least to a lot of what they do. But Correct. it's just, but so it's just adding more depth, not some, doing something different. Peter, are you hearing this the same way? You look at some of the names even being floated out there, and to be honest, some of them seem to sort of replace what they were expecting from Patrick Williams in some sense at the beginning Correct. of the year. Like look at Jeremy Grant's obviously a much better player at this point than Patrick Williams, but play a similar position, two-way players. Uh, Bob Covington, for example, Robert Covington's another guy that kind of just fits that mold of what they already had that they're adding to. That's not going to change the dynamic of the team. So yeah, I think it makes, I think it makes a lot of sense. Who thinks they're going to trade Kobe White? Does anybody think that's happening? I no. think it's bot. I don't think they're gonna, but I don't think it's out of the question. I you, you don't just give them away. Like if you're trading him, you better make sure like you're getting an impact piece because he clearly has value scoring off the bench and played well when he was starting. Right? I, I would be here? very surprised. I would be very surprised if they trade him. Uh, they need his shooting. They need they his shooting, and they they need a player like that. If you're replacing Kobe White, all right. Who are you replacing with? I mean, I guess if the Utah Jazz says, we'll take Kobe White and give you Jordan Clarkson, you know, and so you just get Kobe White three years more experienced and maybe a little better. But, uh, you know, because obviously Clarkson's under contract for whatever years where Kobe, they're going to have to make a decision on. So Kobe could get traded next year, right? But they're not going to trade him right now. No way. I'm thinking of uh, Io right now because we're in the guard tandem here and there was so much enthusiasm for DeRozan going to Illinois. (laughs) Everybody loves it. I'm like, like, Oh, the bulls chemistry is so good. DeRozan went to champagne. I don't know how they got there. If they drove or they flew, but he went for like, let me just throw some cold water on this. And and I I don't mean to be the dick here, but first of all, and I love IO. I wanted him to draft IO. IO's number is retired. What the hell did like? How does how is because he made it to the NBA? What did they? He what was he, really good there. He was. He was. What did they? But they they never did anything. I mean, they were a one seed. Yeah, and they lost. Like, did they? They didn't make the Sweet Sixteen. You're retiring Io's number. What Love is he? Kendall Loyola get- plus seven in that game. By the way, I was all <laughs> over it. All over it. All right. So I mean, I, I, here's here's why Io's in. Because Mark, you're not wrong. 10, 20 years ago, Io Desumer does not get his number retired. In an era where the best players stay for one year, Io stayed for longer. And Illinois was largely an irrelevant team for a long period of time, a longer period of time than ever they've been. And Io made them relevant. Io was the star that helped them on relevancy. So it's really about they want at Illinois to connect back into Chicago consistently and say, Chicago kids, stay home, come here. So this was partly i guarantee you a recruiting sell and partly io did something that a lot of the players aren't doing today the kid stayed for a year he stayed for three four did he stay for four years three 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 yeah i I agree i have a question did frankie williams get his number retired so here's the criteria to have your name retired for an illinois basketball player one national player of the year two enshrinement in the national basketball hall of fame three, a U.S. Olympian, four, Big Ten Player of the Year, five, consensus first or second team All-American, six, Illinois All-Century team member, or seven, 
individual whose pioneering efforts made a significant impact on Illinois and international basketball. So that's a little gray. D. Brown, Darren Williams, Luther Head, Brian Cook, Frank Williams, Deion Thomas, Kendall Gill, Nick Anderson, Kenny Battle, Ken Norman, Bruce Douglas, Derek Harper, Eddie Johnson, Nick Weatherspoon, who I've never heard of played in the 70s, Jim Dawson in the 60s, Don Freeman in the 60s, Tal Brody, also in the 60s, Dwayne Skip Thorin, the whole 60s, just the 60s just dominating here, Dave Downey, Jerry Colangelo, Manny Jackson, 58 to 60, Governor Vaughn, and then my guy, Johnny Red Kerr, 52 to 54, the redhead. Uh, and last couple, Rod Fletcher, Don Sunderledge, Bill Erickson, Dwight Dyke Edelman, 47 to 49, Walt Kirk, Gene Vance, Andy Phillip, Bill Happick, Chuck Carney, Ray Woods, 1915 to 1917. Those are your Illinois retired basketball players. And now, Io. Listen, I I, I love you, Io. But I we, we and, love you. Yeah, and we would love you. You're I don't I'm not I'm not hanging your banner at Champagne. I'm sorry. Like <laughs> I, I don't. I mean, a lot of good like Nick Anderson, Kendall Gill, Flying Alina. You're not on that level, dude. You're just not. I mean, okay, fine. Brought him back to prominence or whatever. This is this is a late second round pick. Maybe should have been a first rounder. I don't, I just don't, yeah, but you can't do that. It's all about his college, right? I mean, D Brown yeah, was Brown a second round pick, and we just advocated for him. They right? went, yeah, that's true, but they went to the final four, and he was D Brown. He was super cool. Fair. And I love, I listen, I love Iowa, but okay, fine. And then the yeah. other side of it, like, uh, really cool that DeRozan went down there, but yeah. What else does Demar have to do with this time? So it's three degrees out. This is Buddy, gets to go see a school. I don't think we should like, I don't think we could just draw and I'm not saying the bulls don't have great chemistry, but I don't think we could draw that because uh, DeRozan went to champagne that the bulls are like the tightest team in the NBA and they're going to win the title. I think we're, I think we're getting a little, there's a little too much love going on about this trip for, for but I, that I, I'm, I'm not comfortable. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get after you a little bit, Mark on that. I think what, I think what people are, I think what people are excited about is how DeRozan has embraced being a bull so fast right that he he is more than just okay we brought him in gave him money and he's just some some player that comes in and plays for us that he cares about being here that that there's an element of i want to be a loved chicago bull and that means something i i promise you it means something to you as well i don't hold on Beto. uh no i love it i love that he went down it's a it's a day off. On your day off, are you driving five hours there and back for a coworker? Sure. No. Sure. You're not doing I, it. I loved. I. I. I, first I think all, it's I cool. Zach didn't Zach Levine go to a Windy City game yesterday too? Like I think yeah. that's. I think that builds good chemistry. Not to right. say I'm not saying that they're gonna hang the seventh banner because he went to Champagne, but I think it's a it's a good thing. Uh, all right. I mean, I'm 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 an asshole and maybe just looking for <laughs> to be hyperbolic, but like, look, it's three degrees out. You can't you can't go out. You can't do anything. These guys love to hoop. I, I bet they're. I'm guessing they took a private plane down there. Hey, you want to go down and see 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 a game? See my number? Get yeah, dude. I'm in. I don't know. It it this and and for DeRozan, coach. 
Of course he loves it here. The ball's in his hand every damn second. But, that, but, but it's more than just that. It's easy, to, it's easy to just have the ball in your hands and just be a basketball player somewhere. It's another thing to embrace the city. You know, Dust, I'm, I'm going to go on Dusty Baker. The reason I hate Dusty Baker more than almost any person that has come through Chicago is not because I thought he was a bad manager, not because I think he screwed up the Mark Pryor or screwed up that game, because – Obviously, Dusty Baker is one of the better managers we've actually had, right? When you really want to break down the truth. He's been one of the better managers the Cubs have had. But Dusty Baker was so negative towards Chicago. He was negative towards the fans of Chicago. And as someone who lives, breathes, loves Chicago sports, has been a fan of these teams since I was whatever years old, you just love when a player or coach embraces that they're not just here as um, I'm, I'm losing my vocabulary, but just, you, you know, just to come in and, and play, you want them to feel some investment to the city and the team. And that's what DeMar is showing. I mean, I can't believe that Dusty Baker just got thrown in the crossfires here for, come on. It was in Dusty. We trusty. I'm, I'm my name is Dusty. I'm not a Messiah. Nafi Perez is going out there every day, regardless. You understand where I'm coming from though? A little bit, but like, uh, is he? I don't see him like out on Michigan Avenue, hanging ha- in out bulls well, pennants. Like three freaking degrees. Who's going to be on Michigan Avenue right now? Yeah. But 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 what are you talking about as far as like this love of the city? Like, is he giving back in ways that I have not seen? Like, where where are you getting this love of Chicago from? I think him going to Champaign for with Io, right? Going to Illinois, which is a, a Chicago team, in one former another he's a usc he played at usc the heck does he care about illinois so i'm just saying he's showing look i care about chicago i care there's an investment to me being here beyond uh, maybe he cares about the team maybe cares about the team i don't know about the city like he's invested in these guys i thought i think another thing he did was he made a point of of shouting out kobe white in his performance in one game how they wouldn't have won the game without kobe him and zach clearly have developed at at least a mutual respect for each other. I mean, I think that's pretty clear. I'm going to, I'm going to disagree with you there because if you go back and read about DeMar DeRozan and you read about when he was traded from Toronto and how hurt he was and how he talks about how he grew up in Toronto, this is a guy that is got a bigger heart than a lot of these players. He's got a real, he's got a real heart. And I think that's what, I think that's who he is. And I think we're finding that out And this city embraces that. This city embraces people with a heart. We're not New York or Boston and Philly and just go out there and produce. We want you to produce, and we also want you to have this heart. And I think that's what tomorrow is showing. I think it's kind of a fun story being on the flip side of it, where to the point you just made about him getting traded from Toronto after he grew up there was part of that team, and then they win right after. Don't get me wrong. Obviously, the best trade, great trade for Toronto. Oh, of course. They got a title and they got at the time maybe the best player in the league or top three. But it's kind of it's kind of the opposite. So I, for me, it makes obviously winning's always fun, but even more fun that he's sort of the piece, not saying the Bulls are gonna win a, a title this year per se, but that's he's the addition now. He's the reason why people they're they're improved as opposed to they got better once he was traded. So I think that's kind of a fun dynamic too, that it's kind of come full circle and would love to see him get an opportunity to, to play deep into the playoffs because he was kind of part of the business was a casualty from the Raptors in order for them to win. It, it is interesting to think like how beloved could he become as a guy who played here late in his career, who most Bulls fans, even basketball fans never 
really thought about, right? David Ross. David Ross is a guy like I, I got to Andre. Like the Hawk yep. coming Andre. here, you yep. know, like I don't think he can ever get to that level because Dawson was straight beloved. He could have uh, AJ. There's an there's another Todd Hunley, very beloved here <laughs> in Chicago. Late <laughs> in his career, but like, how about just in Bulls terms, like Rick Meyer? Sorry, I, I mean, I guess a guy the the Robin Dennis would, Robin yeah. would be the biggest yeah. one. He could certainly pass Ben Wallace. Uh, <laughs> thinking of guys yeah. who made their careers elsewhere and then came over here on the back end. There was a lot of bulls in the eighties, right? But they weren't before their seventies before they were any good or after they were any good. Didn't 80, seem like really good. Didn't George Gervin play for the bulls? George Gervin was on the bulls. Jordan, <laughs> Jordan's did. second year. George uh, Gervin played for the bulls. I didn't even 85, 86. He was, a, he was a bull. You uh, are a fountain of knowledge, Mark Carvin. Yes. I, well, I was, I was that this that, is eighties bulls. Are you kidding me? Yeah, the, he's, the, he's the, like Matt Damon from Goodwill hunting <laughs> when it comes to mid eighties bulls, 85, 86, Dick Showerman client of Fred. Carvin. There you go. Uh, his <laughs> wife was sick. So we would get four tickets uh, to, we probably went to maybe 10 games. Four seats, second row behind the visitors' bench. Anybody want to gander a guess as to what those tickets cost at that time? Second dollars, eighteen. Right there, eighteen bucks, eighteen bucks. And my My dad would be like, "Can you believe he spent seventy-two dollars for these four seats?" And I'm like, "That's so much money," which (laughs) (laughs) which which would get you one seat to see the Bulls play Sacramento in the in the uppers. Five hundred section. But they had a, you could look it up. I'll, uh, I maybe I'll maybe I'll do it on the fly here while you guys are talking. But there was a triple overtime game against the Pacers during winter break where I brought David Allen, who was a star at Edgewood Junior High School, and Todd Hervitz and Fred <laughs> Carmen and myself. And, and Ger- no, no, that's not that's not right. My cousin Sam was at that game, and he was screaming for Gervin. Go, go, Gervin! I'm like, I'm like, Gervin's a loser. His his career's over. Just get get Jordan healthy. Um, anyway, <laughs> but George Gervin was on the Bulls. As, as we oh yeah so that would have been the in the an, the ankle year right yeah he broke the foot um yeah, and gervin thing, and yeah. gervin got minutes um along with what other direct they were running out there the uh we need to talk about kobe white a little bit more because Go you, ahead. Know, you were particularly down on kobe white and so i want to know where are you on kobe white i mean you asked us about trading him but like where are you on him as a player because you have heavy opinions on players uh, well I, I mean, if I said anything bad about Kobe White, I completely apologize to Kobe and the White family. Uh, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't love him, but where I, where I do appreciate him is, a, his confidence to take any shot, and b, his ability to make them. Obviously, you can hit the three, you can hit the three from steps behind the line, but he hit one shot. I forget which game it was, but he was fading away left of the lane with a hand in his face, uh, and it was in the fourth quarter. I'm like. He's a shot maker. That's a rare skill set. So, uh, and he's also another thing I like about Kobe is he is a humble kid. Like that dude is just talk about like being a part of the team. And he's got a, and he also has that quiet confidence about himself. So, I listen, I like Kobe. I don't think he's, uh, you know, a di- dynamic starting point guard in the league at any point in time. I don't think he's turning into that, but is, is he a piece that you can win with for sure? Uh, so I, I think I have said on the pod that I wouldn't, I'm not trading Kobe white to give him away. I wouldn't, you know, I'm not trying to get rid of the guy. You have to give up something to get something as they say in this world. And I'd rather give up Kobe than Patrick Williams. Yeah. But, but I mean, when people talk about trying to win a championship, you generally don't trade one of your six or seven best players. It's, it's unusual 
to try and trade one of your six or seven best players when you're competing and contending potentially. So you would have to make the decision, right? They would have to make the decision if they're trading Kobe that we're not really a championship contender with him. You know who I wanted to bring back along those lines, not trading anybody of, of, of uh, significance? Taj and DeRozan played together at USC. Can we get Taji Mahalik back? Oh, here? don't don't get me excited about would that, that. Would that not be amazing? I was literally sitting watching the Knicks game last night, thinking about this scenario, and also convinced myself that if rooting for the Celtics, so the Knicks drop further out of contention, so they'd find a way to trade Derrick Rose here as well, which is completely unrealistic. But that was going through my wine, my my head after my third glass of wine. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the greatest thought that's ever been said on this podcast. I knew you wouldn't disagree with that. Get get D Rose back here to put this thing over the top. Oh, I'll boy. trade Kobe White and Patrick Williams for D Rose. <laughs> Man, what I mean, objectively speaking, though, remember when that was rumored that he might come back? How much of a better fit in value? And not saying that Derrick Rose doesn't play well for the Knicks, but that Alex Caruso has been. I mean, that was. I mean, if all heart. I would have been like D Rose all the way, but man, that Caruso signing made so much more sense and has paid off way, way more. Coach, I, mean, I have the, something to say because I'm pulling up ESPN trade machine. I'm working on yep. a deal to get Rose here right so, now. So, so Kobe, Kobe White, one, let's talk about the good that this guy really improved his ball handling. He really improved his ball handling. You know, the last two years, there was at least a couple of times, almost every game, you're like, what is going on? This guy can't dribble. Like, what's go? What's, what's the deal? And I haven't seen one of those moments. And I've seen a bunch of moments where he used his ball handling to create a really nice opportunity at the basket, which is something that he really struggled to do in his first couple of years. The negative thing, and here's the one thing, though, to not go too crazy for Kobe, and we still have to see, he's clearly played better with consistent minutes, playing 30 to 34 minutes. When Caruso comes back, he's not getting those minutes. Like the minutes will drop. And can he be the same effective player playing 24 to 28 minutes as he's shown to be between 30 to 35 minutes? And that's that's the next step for him as a player, at least for this year, is to prove that he can do that. And that's why it wouldn't surprise me if the Bulls add a piece like Kobe White, who's a little more experienced, that may, you know, may be better in lower minutes than Kobe. And then, and then you could see the bull say, all right, we love Kobe, but he just can't play 20 to 24 minutes and be successful. We're going to, we're going to trade him. That would be the only way that they would trade. I thought the same thing is maybe a reason why he was playing better because of the volume of minutes. Right. So I was super curious about that. I don't have the data in front of me, so this is just in my head anecdotally, but I actually felt the same way at the time about Bobby Portis. I feel like Bobby Portis was a guy, it looked like it, as soon as he gets a massive opportunity, whether it's Brooke Lopez being hurt or him in the playoffs last year, being the first guy off the bench or starting, the dude just goes off. But I felt at times he struggled when he wasn't getting value minutes. Different players for sure, but I think it's a real thing. Um, for contending teams, if you're not getting massive minutes, well, sometimes takes, they just don't play as well. Right. And, and, and all, it takes time, you know, it takes time because you have to truly accept your role. Right. When, when, when that's what you're doing. And that's why, like you look at Jordan Clarkson traded what three, four times. And now he's kind of found a home in Utah because he's accepted, you know, I'm a six man. 
I'm a six man. I'm going to come off the bench. I'm going to shoot the ball 13 times in 24 <laughs> minutes. Right. Right. And I'll score 16 to 18 points. I'll get $8 million. And yeah, I'm good. Williams I'm good. too. Same right? thing. Lou I'm good. Williams. Now, if Jordan Clarkson was starting, whatever, on a bad team, you might score 24 points a game and blah, blah, blah. But the team could never win. And if you have to play him 30 to 35 minutes in a championship level team, he's going to hurt you too much because of other areas. I've got the trade. Apparently okay. with Rose's deal, he's not movable because ESPN will let me trade him. So assuming that's correct, <laughs> we can't get Derek, but we can get Taj and oh. we're over the cap. So we got to make the money work. So here it is. Tony and I think Bradley. this works. This works for the Knicks. Troy Brown Jr. That's who the Knicks get. We get Taj. That's a win for the Knicks. You're betting on a Troy Brown who's got a you know full career ahead of him. We get Taji Mahalik. And it says, according to ESPN, I have not impacted the win value for either team. So that means it's fair. Of course, ESPN is wrong. Taj comes here. We win the NBA championship. <laughs> Taj for Troy Brown. Done and done. Who says no, as they say in the uh, in the Twitter's fur, right? I don't want to turn saying. Taj into Jack Haley. I'm sorry. I, I don't want to turn Taj into Jack Haley. He could be, play. He, he's playing. He could you, play. You don't think he's, he's playing? Over like those to, Tyler Cook or Tony Bradley minutes off the bench? Yeah. All right. He, he plays for, he's playing like 20 minutes a night for the he's, Knicks. He's, he's better than Bradley for sure. Bradley's horrible. Also, though, the Knicks have 75 wings. So I don't know if they're making that trade either. <laughs> so they just another piece. You more value with a Troy Brown than a Taj. I don't think it's a bad trade for the Knicks, really. If you're out of it and you're done, what's Taj do for you? T Tibbs isn't letting that happen. The Knicks, by the way, are like 500 again, though. And you know those guys are going to play 45 minutes a night to, to eat to earn that seventh seed. That, that, that's probably true, and this is not happening. But <laughs> let's, just, let's just say that Derek doesn't come back and the Knicks fall out of it and Kemba falls apart and, t and Tibbs realizes that he's going to get fired from another job and maybe starts dreaming about one day returning to Chicago. Hey, here's an Olive Ranch Bulls. I'm giving you back Taj. Yeah, Think this about is very realistic. Tips, tips can come <laughs> back now. The guys he didn't like, they're gone. Long gone. Will the Bulls be the one seed when the season ends? Let's let's get crazy. Let's let's well, let's talk about what it would look like. How would they get there? By the way, they have 12 games coming up in the next 20 days, and Caruso's gonna miss a couple of them, but uh with now that he's in COVID. But and by the way, everybody on the team has been in the COVID protocol except anybody get the answer to that one? Carm research over here. Um, shoot. I actually knew the answer to this when I saw it the other day, but now I, I can't remember. Is it Troy Brown? Caruso is the, this is courtesy of Darnell Mabry athletic. Caruso is the 18th bulls player of the season to enter the health and safety protocols, including recently waived Elise Johnson, Stanley Johnson, not related. Ursan Ilyasova Williams and, and uh two-way contract player, Tyler cook are the only regular roster members. Um, so and they're both go. out. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Williams, Tyler cook. That's it. We have not done a great job with COVID. We've done a great job in getting COVID, but then getting healthy bulls. Um, but it's getting kind of healthy. amazing. Like if you consider all the in and out of everyone from the injuries to COVID and the fact they're sitting where they're sitting, that's uh, well, the odds are the bulls are going to be at least in the top four seeds, right? Like it's like, it'd be very hard for them not to finish in the top four. I mean, it's the heat, it's the bucks, it's the bulls and it's the nets. So the nets, I think are just such a, a not, there's, there's such an enigma with the Kyrie Irving thing. I think we can finish ahead of them. The bucks, if the bucks, 
I just don't know if the Bucs are hungry. I don't know if the Bucs are hungry in this regular season that I think we may finish ahead of them. I think the Heat, if the Heat get healthy without a bio, I don't know how long he's out, but if the Heat get healthy and get full, I could see the Heat going on a crazy run towards the end and being kind of the, the favorite. I could see them. I mean, Brooklyn's going to remain the favorite, right? Brooklyn's going to remain the favorite if those three guys are playing. They will be the favorite, but I could see the Heat being that team that people really talk about at the end of the year. Speaking of favorites, sorry to interrupt, but I just had to say, did you see what Kyrie said the other night after they won in the post-game interview? And I'm not a huge like interview, like take everything verbatim, but he was like, he was like, yeah, everyone's doubting us. The odds are stacked against us. I was like, odds are stacked against you. The odds on favorite to win the title, like just plays the victim nonstop. So I had to get that out. who, Who do you have more trust in? And what he says, Kyrie Irving or Antonio Brown? <laughs> oh, man, I can't go there. <laughs> <laughs> those two guys, I mean, I, if you're if you're giving either of those two guys any credence, my goodness. I have well, more faith in my son telling me the truth if he ate his dinner or not or gave it to the dog <laughs> than I do with those, with those two guys have to say. I'll, I'll just throw this one out there on that. I don't, you know, either of them is anything's possible at any moment, but Kyrie is just like an idiot and, and in his own world and the world is flat. <laughs> Whereas Antonio Brown is like straight bad dude. So, um, <laughs> with, with enormous, uh, issues. Oh man. And, and should not be allowed back in the NFL. Whereas I- Kyrie, whatever you want to do. Uh, Hey, okay. Hold on. Bull, forget about the seating. Bulls <laughs> get into the second round. They play, they play, they play the Brooklyn Nets or they play the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm going to take Miami out of it for a second. Who guards? Who's guarding Giannis? How do we match up? Who's guarding Patrick Williams? Right. He comes well, back. there is a chance that he could be back, but like, okay, taking him out of it. Yeah. Who's guarding Giannis and who's guarding KD? How do you even match the match up with either of these teams? You don't. That's why you lose. Uh, <laughs> just threw cold water on the season. <laughs> Coach, what do you think? <laughs> you know, Javante Green, if he's starting, will be the one who will be right. guarding them, at least initially. They'll use Vucevic in a certain way. Vucevic will guard Giannis some as well because you don't have to defend Giannis at the three-point line, so they'll they'll allow Vucevic to guard Giannis because Giannis is going to set a lot of ball screens and rolls, and if he's got the ball, they're just going to tell Vuce, just try to fan him out as much as you can, and we'll rely on the help. And like you said, Giannis is going to score 30 to 35 against us. No matter what, if if Vooch is guarding him like that, he's going to score eight hundred points. I mean, right? Vooch. They do the drop coverage on the pick and roll, so like Vooch is better than you think. You're not giving Vooch enough credit. You're not giving enough Vooch. Vooch, you know, Vooch is bigger. You know, like Vooch is big. You know, now he's not going to block shots coming from the weak side by jumping and things like that. But Giannis isn't just going to like finger roll over Vucevic. If okay, hold on. Maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm typecasting Vooch here, and I and I am doing unfair to the white man right now. But uh, he's Giannis, like 15 rebounds a game, you know. <laughs> yeah, but okay. And on that one, by the way, you look at when Vooch gets his rebounds. Oh, the Vooch is standing in the lane all by himself. The ball just fell into his hands. I'm I'm telling you, count him. He though that is like 78 percent of his rebounds. How often does that guy get a tough rebound? I would almost say never. Like if if, if anybody else is going for the rebound and he's going for it, I'm not betting on Vooch. Whereas I would bet on Jordan against Wilt to get it, but okay. Uh, 
Giannis, let, let's just say he Giannis gets the ball on the perimeter and there's Vooch in front of him. How long does he stay in front of him for five for a tenth of a second? I mean, that's not gonna go well, right? I mean, there's a reason why Giannis is a maybe the best player in the league. Like <laughs> sometimes the best players are just going to score against inferior defenders. I mean, you could back off him, I guess. Vooch, give him five feet. Go ahead, shoot it. That's what he's gonna do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Durant's I, another story. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's I a mean, reason. I mean, yeah. there's a reason why they're the odds on favorite to win the title. I mean, Durant, Durant, you're rotating players. You know, obviously Caruso, look, I said Javante Green. My guess is Caruso comes off the bench if they're full. So a player like Javante Green, but they'll, whoever that fifth starter is, it's not going to be Lonzo Ball guarding him. It's not going to be Levine guarding him. You definitely don't want DeRozan guarding him for more than time periods because you don't want to put DeRozan in foul trouble, right? You don't want him guarding Giannis and getting two fouls right at the beginning of the game. But so it's whoever that other player is or Vucevic with Giannis with Durant, it's going to be whether it's Javante Green, whoever that fifth starter is, is going to be guarding him. As we wrap up here, we've got about 90 seconds. Can we just talk about the DeRozan three from the corner with three seconds to go and the fake and 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 then he and he buries it for back to back games. I mean that that shot I don't think is getting enough credit for how difficult it is to understand time. I'm gonna ball fake you and then I'm gonna hit it after hitting one the night before. Like every every bit of that was just freaking amazing, really. Uh, yeah, I mean you gotta. That's all. Like we're not gonna forget that, right? Him hitting back to back winners and the the difficult the degree of difficulty, especially after Kyle Kuzma ill advised just launches from thirty five feet and it somehow goes in. I don't know how the heck that happened, but it's just unbelievable. Hand in his face and it just doesn't bother him whatsoever. So we'll. That's like the Mike Brown from twenty years ago, right? Back to back, back to back pick sixes in overtime or whatever it was. Same oh, thing. I thought you Mike Rose. Brown who played for the Bulls. Oh man, the, the, the Bruiser number seventeen. There it Washington. is, <laughs> Brown George Washington. Love uh, him. I mean, the shot was the shot was was an amazing shot, and it, it's a testament. You hear him talk so much about the footwork. There's clearly DeRozan was really has really been influenced by Kobe Bryant. Clearly, yeah. Piece of advice for you after this podcast finishes in ten seconds: go to the Knuckleheads podcast, part of the fan sided. Minute Media family and and listen to DeRozan with Q and uh, Darius Miles. It's a great listen. Really, okay. really fantastic. DeRozan, so friggin' likable. Almost as likable as Beto and Coach A. Love you guys. Love you too, buddy. I don't the want Nick to turn Taj into Jack Haley. I'm sorry. He could play. He's playing. He could play. This program was recorded on tape for a live audience. All right. All right. Dusty Baker was so negative towards Chicago. We need to talk about Kobe White a little bit more. Don't get me excited about that. that. Would that not be amazing? You understand where I'm coming from, though?
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.